From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Baghel and this is the Times of India podcast. As far as I am concerned, the three Gandhis have given me triple talaq. So I have not been in the physical presence of two of the three at any time in the last six or seven years. My links to them are restricted to when they call me, if they do, which is a very rare occurrence, a kind of Eid Ka Chanda occurrence. And... uh, for the rest, I send them almost everything I write, but I never get an acknowledgement. But uh, once Sonia did say to me that I read everything you write. So I sent it to her. That's the only contact I have. Clearly, I am, whatever my experience might be, their view is, I think, that uh, I'm no longer relevant. And in any case, my slot is being filled by people like Jairam Ramesh, who had to wait about 15 years before he could replace me and is now exulting in his place in the sun. If you haven't already guessed, that's Manishankar Rayar, often described in the media as irrepressible. He's in the midst of writing his memoirs and chronicling his years working with Rajiv Gandhi when he was Prime Minister. His long years working with the Congress Party and especially at such close hand with Rajiv Gandhi, place Manishankar Rayar uniquely to take the long view of India's grand old party and to make sense of the mess it presently finds itself in. his advisors. Once the decision had been taken by the high command, Sindhu was coming. CM said, yes, it's the Congress president's decision. I abide by it. So they should also fall into line. This is... Sari charchayen hui aur ant mein mainne Rahul ji se Rahul ji se mainne agra kiya ke aap chaptis gara hai. Dekhe, mera varsan te hai. High command ne mujhe banaya hai. Jab tak ke hao high command chahenge, mein mukh mantri raunga. Pula khel cha, pula khel cha. और मैं समझता हूं कि पूरे खुले खेल में वो लोग मार खा गए अच्छे हिंसे की वजह से सब कुछ नहीं होता है आपके दिल में क्या है देश के लिए आपका कमिटमेंट क्या है अशोक गहलोत जी मुझसे उम्र में काफी बड़े हैं और व्यक्तिगत रूप से मैंने हमेशा उनका मान सम्मान किया है लेकिन अगर वर्किंग में काम करने के तरीके में गवर्नेंस में अगर मुझे कोई इश्यू दिखता है तो मेरा अधिकार है की मैं उसका अपना विरोध जाहिर करूँ A week is a long time in politics and in the Congress, it would seem it's long enough to create turmoil in what would be perfectly well-settled governments as being seen in Punjab, Chhattisgarh and a while back in Rajasthan, the three big states with the parties in power. Manishankar Rayar takes the long view bit rather seriously and goes as far back as 1907 when at the Surat Congress Convention the party split between the moderates and the extremists, but not before flinging a few chairs at each other. Arguments and dissent, money suggests, are intrinsic to the Congress's open culture. If I were to push you a little bit, given the fact you talked about Congress, Mukhbharat, but the Congress seems to be doing a pretty good job in the three states that they're in power. Look at the kind of squabbling that is going on. 
all right, may I draw your attention to the other 27 or whatever states we have? How much infighting is there not? Let's take Maharashtra, talking about how the Congress came into power. They went into the election with an ideological combine with the Shiv Sena. And yet their infighting resulted in giving the Congress and Sharad Pawar an opportunity to come in. Equally in Karnataka, that government would never have fallen if Yadurappa had not been such a controversial figure within the BJP. And the same holds true, I believe, of even Uttar Pradesh, where Yogi Adityanath's attempts to project himself as the successor to Modi is actually creating, to the best of my information, a rift between Modi and his obvious spiritual successor, mm. Yogi Adityanath. In political parties, as Manish Tiwari recently said, there is a tradition of uh, infighting at the top. And if you can control that, as I think the Congress has done, they've already done it in Punjab by dividing the responsibility of the party between uh, no, Navjut Siddhu and, and the government to Amarinda and declaring that Amarinda will be the face of the Congress party in the next election. I think they've managed a serious crisis extremely well. In the Congress, at least since the time of uh, the three, uh, what were they called? Bal, Lal, and Lal, Pal. Bal, Pal. Uh, revolt against the Congress mainstream uh, in 1907, when chairs were thrown, has had a long tradition of uh, internal dissension, sometimes even tending to violence. My colleague Subodh Gildial, who covers the Congress party for the paper, says the lack of clarity in communication is leading to rebellion in the ranks. Just too many promissory notes, he says, have been handed out to leaders who all now want to cash in. Everyone is roaming around with a promissory note saying that I was given a post-dated check. So you have T.S. Singh Dev, uh, who is the second in cabinet there or third in cabinet and, uh, you know, a senior minister with health ministry and rural development mm. ministry and, uh, and a very prominent face in Chhattisgarh Congress. He is moving around with a, with a, with a post-dated check saying that I was promised a split term with uh, Bhupesh Bagel. And now, who promised him? He's unwilling to say that uh, we can only make assumptions, whether it came right from the leadership or it came from some mid-level manager or it came from some crucial uh, political advisor at that time. Nobody knows. Same is happening in uh, Punjab. You have given the state to a man, who Navjot Situ, who came to Congress just, you can say, four years ago. And there was all-round opposition to his appointment within the party. I, I'm not saying of the masses and the electorate, but I'm saying within the party, everyone was saying that you can't have two jatsiks in two power purchase, party head and the chief ministership. But uh, disregarding everything, Navjot Sidhu was appointed at ECC president. Why? Because he too was moving around with a post-dated check that I was promised a power post the last time. Now, who promised him? Nobody knows. So, at the core of the problem is this kind of, you know, waving of post-dated checks where everyone is saying that, look, you have to fulfill your uh, promise to me. Even in Rajasthan, senior leaders tell me that Sachin Pilot used to say that I was promised a split term. Now, he doesn't say that because he revolted and, you know, the revolt came unstuck. 
so he's stuck in the party and now he's accepted that so now he's not talking a split term but senior party leaders say that uh, even he used to say that he was promised a split term whether true or not so at the core of the problem is the the issues that was should have been settled few years ago three hmm. years ago they were kept hanging in the form of these promises and now it is the time for them to redeem those checks and so people are talking about it and that is where the issue is yeah. that seems to be coming right from the top because they don't even have a fully functional president if you look at the trajectory of congress post 2014 so obviously post 2014 it was all uh, bjp but there was a time somewhere around 2016 17 when alternative politics also started getting some foothold after the euphoria over bjp so people started carving their niche here and there that was when rahul gandhi stepped in forced the party to to his line which was aggressive anti modi centric campaign if you look at gujarat gujarat they came within the touching distance of dislodging yes. bjp in gujarat yes and all that finally culminated in december in the results of december 2018 when congress very convincingly won chatisgarh madhya pradesh and rajasthan and these were like the bjp turns that they could not lose so congress had a decent run for good 3 years where their politics was looking up it showed in karnataka it showed in gujarat and finally it resulted in victories what followed was that 2019 because of various things they lost the elections very badly and that is when everyone believes that rahul gandhi lost his nerve because he was just seeing the upsurge and then he lost his nerve and then he had his own diagnosis of the defeat that uh, party leaders didn't back him and you know his aggressive anti the bjp anti modi campaign and uh, so he had his own diagnosis of the problem and once he quit just two days after the election results in 2019 since then there has been a vacuum and what has been the usp of congress over every other party post independence it has been the stability at the top hmm. whatever happens to the party even if it is in chaos there is never an issue about leadership what rahul did in 2019 uh, rahul gandhi was that he brought the very issue of leadership in question by saying that there won't be a gandhi and that is at the root of the disarray that we have been seeing for last two years and uh, everything else flows from that because in times of decline or in mm. times of adversity the stable hand of the leadership has to be there what rahul gandhi has said at his party's social media department meeting he said that there are many fearless people who are not in congress they should be brought in and the congressmen who are afraid of bjp should be shown the exit door we don't need those who believe in rss ideology we need fearless people this is what the congress uh, uh, leader and former president of the congress party rahul gandhi current member of parliament has said let's listen it हार्ट ऑफ द कांग्रेस करंट प्रोजेक्ट इज राहुल गांधी स्टेपिंग डाउन इज पार्टी प्रेसिडेंट 
just two days after the defeat in the 2019 Lok Sabha elections, saying neither he nor anyone else from his family will be Congress president. But since then, there has been no announcement of any election for a new party president. A minor rebellion by some leaders who've been clubbed as G23 was swiftly quelled and the leadership vacuum continues. I asked Manisha Karayar what he makes of Rahul Gandhi's stance. While I have encountered him very, very briefly on a few occasions after he took office, very few times, I can't say that I have been able to take my measure of the man. But what I have been able to take a full measure of is the role of the Gandhi family in the Congress party. And I'm persuaded that it is only because the Gandhi family is woven into the warp and the woof of the average congressman mm -hmm. that uh, this formula that is trotted up often by uh, pundits, political pundits, that we should get rid of the Gandhi family is absolutely a non-starter. Without the Gandhi, there would be no Congress. It would just disintegrate. And please give the credit to Rahul that in 2019, after losing the general election, he did give the Congress party all of three months to find an, an alternative. They couldn't even find a candidate. You could have easily declared elections in, the, in America are declared when, like in India, a few months before it actually takes place. But you declare your candidacy long before the election process starts. As far as the Congress party was concerned, what did they do? They had a whole day meeting and then said Malikarjun Kharge, who is undoubtedly the oldest, and therefore in that sense, the senior most uh, congressman, to meet uh, Rahul Gandhi and plead with him that his mother should come in as the uh, interim president. And she's been interim for the last two years. I don't think they're hypocrites. This COVID has really upset the timetable totally. And it is only when there is a relative sense of security that we could hold an election. For people who are young, who are in the 30s today, the idea seems very strange because they can't understand the interconnectedness of the party and the family. When you consider that the BJP in 1984 had two seats, then went up to 88, and it took them another 20, 30 years before they got a majority on their own and could claim to be in the position that the Congress had been in. I am not in despair at all. And I think this is a, a real red herring that not just you, but most people are drawing across the path of the nation when they link the Congress party's fortunes to the Gandhi family's fortunes. The two are interlinked. We had 44 seats in 2014 with Rahul, and we'll have, we would have had four without him. And if we got 20% of the vote now, something like 19%, I would attribute some 15% of that to the fact that Rahul is a reassuring presence for Congress voters, not for people like you, 
who are <laughs> apparently neutral, or for those who are my, my who are on my troll list and who are after me, they know much more than I would dare say you know that there is no alternative, which is why they attacked the Gandhis in the hope that they would thereby achieve a Congress Mukt Bharat. Mm. The only way they can have a Congress Mukt Bharat is to have a Gandhi Mukt Congress. Subodh Gildial believes that any leadership challenge to the Gandhis has already blown over. Like Manishankar Ayer, he too believes that Rahul Gandhi has been a source for much good in the Congress party, but the defeat in the Kerala Assembly election earlier this year has sent a message that is causing much concern in the rank and file. Rahul Gandhi has been a source of a lot of good for Congress. He brought in a new agenda, which had it been accepted uh, in time, would have resulted in many positives which was not like uh, the agenda he wanted to espouse. But because the party was in power, so they did not uh, move along that radical path. Otherwise, Congress would have reinvented itself right in time. You're talking about organizational elections? Not exactly organizational elections, but uh, he was among the first ones to talk about making corruption a plan. He was among the first ones to talk about youth. Nobody was talking of youth as a demographic till Rahul Gandhi actually made it an issue. Rahul Gandhi was among the first to say that the party needs to adopt to new methods of campaigning and of mobilization. The biggest achievement of Rahul Gandhi, I would say, is that when post-2014, everyone was looking to compromise with BJP, and you saw almost every regional party wanted to shake hands with the BJP, it was Rahul Gandhi single-handedly who nudged the party first in the direction of anti-Modi, anti-BJP politics, And seeing the success of that politics, other regional parties also started joining in bit by bit. But for Rahul Gandhi, I can say with confidence as a journalist, the post-2014 politics of India could have been very different. It could have been a one-way politics. Hmm. And one person who spoke of doing anti-BJP, anti-Modi politics was Rahul Gandhi. Why does he then find such little traction in the party itself? If you look from... 2015 onwards, 2016 onwards, till May 2019, it was all Rahul Gandhi. And it was not just in Congress, but even in the opposition ranks. You just Mm. see the mood that was in the opposition ranks after the Gujarat elections of 2017. If you look at the mood within Congress, after uh, Congress and JDS joined hands to deny BJP in Karnataka, the mood was entirely different. If you look at the December 2018 Chhattisgarh, Madhya Pradesh, Rajasthan mandate, which people said was impregnable BJP votes, the mood was all Rahul Rahul. Problem is what happened after I would say Pulwama. That is where the party lost out and then his resignation has created a lot of problems. So it is not true to say that Rahul has no traction in the party. Problem is that he himself gave up. Since then, things have been downhill. Yeah. What do you think the congressmen think about the future of the party? When Congress lost Kerala, when they lost Assam, they were like reconciled to it because, you know, uh, Assam has been that kind of state after 15 years of power and the new politics that BJP has brought in there. But Kerala was definitely one state where they fancied their chances for two reasons. 
the rival was not bjp the rival was cpm congress's problem has been bjp and here you had a state where the rival was a non bjp rival and there when they were swept out in a very decisive mandate that actually resulted in serious demoralization within the ranks and since then there has been no evidence that the party is recovering adding to the chaos is the fact that stable states like chatisgarh and punjab have been called into question and this has resulted in disappointment uh, in the ranks within yeah. the congress itself there is a a large school which believes that rahul gandhi's uh, stridently anti modi stance yeah. is perhaps not the best policy the issue among serious congress leaders is that there has to be a nuanced approach there can't be a national crisis where you have your leader shouting against the prime minister it it doesn't make good politics it's not exactly as you put it that everyone is against it because they realize that uh, politics can only be anti bjp otherwise it's a one party rule so it is not really that but what they feel is that there has to be a guarded nuanced approach to politics and that is where they feel that you know he has to temper or moderate his stance based on the issues and based on the atmosphere when we began this interview you said there's a churn going on this yeah. churn is i'm assuming between the old timer congressmen and women and the new congress which rahul wants to craft if you come to think of it where is the old guard now i mean uh, there there are not too many people in the old guard that are left there are no satraps left after tarun gogoi went in uh, assam and uh, ashok gehlot is not so old ashok gehlot is in his early 60s so you don't have old guards in that sense and wherever you actually have an old guard say asidramaiya in uh, and uh, malikarjun khadge in uh, karnataka they have given a relatively younger leader in dk shivkumar as the leader or say anana patole and uh, you know a couple of uh, a, a bouquet of leaders in maharashtra so now this old guard thing is also overdone because uh, what are left are few old managers who had their day in the sun and feel that they still have a lot to contribute in terms of management and strategy problem is there are not too many grassroots level satraps who could be called the old guard and so in that sense there is not really a challenge to how rahul wants to craft the party i was speaking to manishankar ayer earlier and he said that despite everything he doesn't feel a sense of despair you're of course a journalist and and much mm. more neutral than manishankar ayer but mm. do you get a sense of despair within the congress workers see what manishankar ayer says is true at one level because manishankar ayer would not only be drawing his comfort from how congress is but how the nature of politics is and if you look at you know the periphery of uh, indian geography kerala decisive cpm bjp no foothold tamil nadu despite everything no bjp foothold in fact admk is blaming the bjp for its uh, downfall if you go up that belt andhra no bjp telangana they are trying bengal you saw what happened then there is a small belt uh, you draw from north rajasthan punjab chatisgarh they are not in power madhya pradesh they only came back to power with uh, a lot of strategies and uh, real politics 
Maharashtra, they are not in power. And if things stay as they are in terms of power combinations, it could be serious trouble for BJP. So, Manishankar Ayer, who has seen politics for so long and who has himself been uh, an elected leader, he would also draw his comfort from the nature of politics, not just limited to Congress. But if you look at it from a Congress worker point of view, the despair is real. They believe that it is an existential threat they are facing. And there is a sense of despondency. I mean, uh, the workers are dejected. Today's episode was produced by Arun George, Jairaj Singh and Joshua Thomas. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on TUI+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at tuipodcasts at timesinternet.in.